0: Jenkins for the championship! <laughs> win the football game. Fire to the end zone. Alabama wins!
1: Stone Cold Sports Talk, episode 44. If you're wondering what the significance of the number 44 is, it is, of course, the age of NFL MVP leader, in my mind, Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we're going to start with college football. Uh, here with Jay Benzet. second college football playoff rankings dropped last night. Bama and Georgia still won two, but surprisingly, Oregon at three, followed by Ohio State at four after Michigan State's loss. Jay, what was your biggest reaction and your biggest takeaway from the committee's rankings last night?
0: So I've got a couple of things. First of all, Cincinnati, they did move up to five, which they put them ahead of the falling Michigan State, which I appreciated. I don't think they'll end up making it. Um, but having them in this conversation is certainly better than they were last week because last week it seemed that they really didn't have a shot, but now they at least have a, on paper being at five with multiple weeks to go, they have a shot. Uh, The biggest drawback I got, Michigan is one spot ahead of Michigan State just eight days after playing them and beating Michigan uh, at Michigan State, Um, which this committee last week and this week, if you go through the rankings, they're all about head-to-head wins, trumping um, trumping pretty much everything. Except for, obviously, Bama is not going to get trumped by a and because they don't have the same record. But if a team has the same record, then the head-to-head victory is going to trump pretty much everything. And we see it, let me pull these rankings really quick. everywhere except Michigan, Michigan State. So this week, Oregon is one spot ahead of Ohio State, presumably because Oregon beat Ohio State. We've got – who else is in here? Um, There's a good example. A&M just beat Ole Miss. Or, Excuse me, they play each other this week. Who am I thinking of? A&M beat Auburn. A&M just beat Auburn, yes, and they are six spots ahead of Auburn. Wisconsin has beaten Purdue. They're ahead. Wisconsin and Purdue have beaten Iowa. They're both ahead of Iowa. Um, And so just the more you get through this, it shows that the head-to-head – trumps, which I believe should be a thing, because what's the point of playing a game if a team still loses and is ranked ahead? Um, except for this Michigan-Michigan State game. I don't know why it's that way, but that's just the way it is. Uh, that's my problem with it. Thank God UTSA is finally ranked. They are a really good football team. Do you ever get to watch them? High-flying, very explosive. They don't obviously don't play anybody at all, but they're really fun to watch, and it's good to see smaller-tier teams ranked like that. How is... Iowa's still ranked after getting blown out by – who am I – they've gotten blown out by Purdue and then they lost to Wisconsin big time. I just don't see – Iowa, their best win is the Iowa State game at Iowa State and Iowa State's not ranked anymore. They're a upper third team in the Big 12 maybe. Uh, so I'm struggling to see how Iowa's ranked. And then, Stone, you're going to like this. The Pac-12 is actually more interesting than you think it is because Oregon, yeah, they're number three. They have been the best team so far. Utah is playing out of its mind recently, and Oregon is going to have to play Utah twice, presumably. They they play them, I believe it's this weekend, and then they'll play them in the Pac-12 championship game if Utah wins the South. And so Utah could very easily – a eliminate Oregon from the playoff because Oregon would have to win both of those games. And I do you know where the
1: Oregon Utah game is? The first one it's at Utah. Ooh.
0: So or- Oregon's got its hands full in the Pac-12 a lot more than I think people realize.
1: Well, I don't refute the fact that the Pac-12 is interesting. I just don't like staying up till two a.m. to watch bad football. Um, that being said, my biggest overreaction from last night has to do with the Pac-12 and with Oregon specifically. Is Oregon really the third best team in the country? They have the same FPI as Michigan State. They are ranked 22nd and tied with them and a worse FPI than Auburn and Ole Miss. And I get the analytics don't tell the whole story, but they are also ninth in strength of record, which, not all, which is a composite of your strength of schedule and the actual um, whether or not you are winning the games you should be winning per se. Uh, they are ninth in that metric and behind Michigan, Michigan State and Notre Dame, all of whom they're obviously ranked ahead of. They are 24th in strength of schedule overall. Um, 23rd in strength of schedule is Tulane. 25th is Illinois um, in that measure. Uh, 22nd in remaining strength of schedule. 12th in game control, which measures your chances of controlling a game start to finish relative to other teams in the top 25. They are behind Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Wake, and Ole Miss. Again, all of whom they are ranked ahead of. Their one loss is Stanford, who is 77th in FPI and 3-6 and six on the season. And are they really better than an unbeaten Cincinnati? Or I think by the end of the season, the more compelling argument would be an unbeaten Oklahoma. Um, as much as we like to, uh, to chide to the AP poll for having some random rankings sometimes, I think the AP poll was correct in having Oregon at number five. They were a very good team. Their win against Ohio State was impressive. But the loss to Stanford has to count for something, I think, regardless of the win in Columbus.
0: I think it does count for something. But you've also got to realize when the when so they have the best win in college football at Ohio State is only matched really right now by Michigan State over Michigan and maybe A and M over Bama Cincinnati, Cincinnati over Notre and and A and M over Bama. Um. The more I, the, I'm, I'm talking myself into buying more stock in Utah to at least win one of those Oregon games. Um, I'm not sure which one it'll be. It'll probably be the one at Utah, and then they'll lose in the rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. So I don't think Oregon's going to be here much longer based on what I'm talking about and with Utah. So I think your your take is, is going to turn into a really realistic one in, in a matter of days or weeks. Um, but I think they're ranked at three because they have the Ohio State win, and their one loss was because... Thibodeau got tossed in the fourth quarter, and it went into overtime. Their offensive coordinator was out with, I think, a COVID issue, and they got an objectively bogus pass interference call that sent the game into overtime, or else they would have won the game because it was on fourth down. So I think the committee understands that, sees their big win, and, and just recognizes that, yeah, OU's looked shaky a lot more than they should have. Um, and Oregon's just got the Ohio State win. Like if you if you take the Ohio, if you take the Ohio State win and turn it into just a, I don't know, a win against Wisconsin or whatever, they're not going to be in the top three at all.
1: Yeah, the thing that concerns me also with Oregon is after that Stanford loss, they won by seven at home against Cal, who's probably I don't know if they have fired their coach yet, Justin Wilcox. I assume they will at the end of the season. Cal's not a very good program. Um, they beat UCLA by three on the road. They were I think underdogs in that game, so I guess props to them for winning that, but. I I prefer my top twenty-five teams to win by a little more than three against programs by run by a guy in Chip Kelly who didn't want to go to Florida because it was going to be too annoying to have to actually recruit. Um, Colorado win by twenty-three, no fault with that. And then Washington, I guess, on the road at four and five is is enough. But just the way that they kind of have taken some of those games down to the wire um, is concerning. And you're looking at a couple balls not going their way against Ohio State, and this being. a seven and two team that we're not even talking about for the playoff. Um, But obviously that hypothetical, not in, uh, in the realm of, of reality. Um, Let's move on to week 11 talking points. Um, A lot of good games this weekend, Oklahoma uh, heads on the road to Baylor Auburn hosts Mississippi state uh, and Texas A&M visits the Grove for college game day. And what could be one of the biggest wins of Lane Kiffin's tenure in Oxford so far, Um, Let's start with this, Jay. Which which team do you think has the most to gain from this weekend slate?
0: Can we just mention how it's already week 11? It feels like it should be like week six. This season has flown by for me. Um, The team with the most to gain from this weekend, you're going to get into the one that I wanted to take, but I'm not going to repeat you. Um, So Wake Forest, they host NC State this weekend. I believe it is number 12 against number 17 in the most recent poll or 12 against, excuse me, 12 against 15, right? Yeah. 15, excuse me. In, in Winston-Salem, my hometown, go Deeks. Um, this is pretty much the Atlantic division championship game because I don't see Clemson beating both or Clemson already lost two States. so state has the um, tiebreaker there. I don't see Clemson beating Wake either, even though the game is in death valley. I believe it's next weekend. So this is pretty much, the Atlantic Division Championship, the most to gain. If Wake goes and wins this game and wins the Atlantic, that's going to be like the – just throw out the loss last weekend. The playoff was probably out of the question anyway for Wake, if we're being honest, even if they run the table the entire season. So if Wake can go win this Atlantic Division Championship, or State for that matter, because both teams have just been living in Clemson's division and Florida State's division, going back to the beginning of the Jimbo Fisher era, waiting for this opportunity to win the Atlantic Division and they finally have it. And whichever team pulls this out um, is certainly looking good in the Atlantic. They'll probably, I don't see a way that the winner of this game loses the Atlantic. Um, so which, whoever wins this game has certainly has the most to gain. I think it'll be Wake, so I'll just go ahead and say Wake has the most to gain.
1: The team I'd say that has the most to gain, uh, you alluded to it. I think Oklahoma on the road at number 13, Baylor, who has a 7-2 and two record. Oklahoma obviously unbeaten so far this season, but um their best wins seem to kind of be vaporizing before their eyes the texas win when it happened would have been um or at the time was probably oklahoma's best of the season and i think a lot of people would have predicted um that by the end of the year either that or oklahoma state would have been one of their two best wins but now texas at 4 and 5 i believe four consecutive losses no three consecutive four consecutive
0: loss. three
1: yeah whatever it was it was the longest losing streak since mac brown's last season in austin um, Whoops. So I think that Oklahoma, uh, obviously with where they sit in the college football playoff rankings right now, a win against number 13 Baylor would do a lot to kind of start moving toward the inevitability. I think we all see coming, which is 13 and Oklahoma after winning the big 12 championship, making the playoff. And um, yeah, a win, a win in Waco form would would do wonders to help them shoot up the CFP rankings and, and probably get into territory where they more or less control their own destiny for the college football playoff. Um, But at the same time, a lot of teams have the chance to be on upset watch. Uh, There are some unranked matchups that feel like they should be ranked matchups in a normal year. Um, You're going to talk about Michigan, Penn State in a second. Um, But I think that Auburn at home against Mississippi State uh, has a chance to be on upset alert. The number 18, I believe, uh, Auburn Tigers playing host to Mike Leach and the air raid. Um, Of course, Mississippi State at five and four. Program is probably regressing a bit further toward the mean that um, that they had established of being, you know, a seven and five, eight and 14. That's always kind of a tough out, but never really going to be um, contending for anything seriously. But when you got Mike Leach on the other sideline, who knows what can happen? They obviously managed to beat what we now know is a very talented uh, Texas A&M roster uh, several weeks ago. So I think that Brian Harson has a chance um, to be on upset alert, especially as Auburn starts to set its sights on the Iron Bowl two weeks from now.
0: Mine is going to shock a lot of people because a lot of people don't feel this is an upset if it were to happen. But Penn State is unranked for a reason. They've lost to Illinois recently. They've lost to Ohio State recently. They started the season off extremely hot. I remember saying on this podcast, I think it was three or four weeks ago, that they were the most complete team in the Big Ten. And at the time they were, and then Sean Clifford got nicked up and this team just doesn't look like itself. But we're talking about Michigan here. Michigan plays at Penn State. Michigan is horrible against ranked teams or in big games, on, especially on the road, where Penn State, this place is going to be rocking because the top 10 Michigan team comes in even to just throw out the fact that Penn State's not ranked. That place is going to be rocking. We're talking about Harbaugh in a big game. This has every upset in the making written all over it for me and a lot if you don't consider an upset a number 16 on the road against unranked team is an upset potential uh, I don't care if it's Penn State or any, if Bama was unranked it'd still be an upset um, so I think Michigan's got to be on upset at watch and then Homer boy here uh, Carolina plays at Pitt tomorrow night I don't think it'll happen uh, I think Pitt's the especially better defensive team and the weather is just going to, it's going to be freezing cold. Carolina does not play well in freezing cold weather. We're Southern boys. We like warm temperatures. Kenny Pickett doesn't give a crap. He would rather play in a free, in the snowstorm than the summer heat. Um, so I think Pitt's got to keep an eye, keep an eye out just because Carolina has enough talent and offensive firepower to keep up. Um, so I got Michigan and Pitt. You got to keep their eye out and keep their heads on a swivel for an upset this weekend.
1: I agree. And of course we're in hot seat season now that we are squarely in the month of November. Uh, a lot of coaches oh, yeah. have the chance to help their job security um, or to possibly if they're at a smaller power five or higher profile group of five really kind of coach their way into job offers from LSU, USC, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Florida, but we're not going to get that. Scott Strickland hates us. Yeah. Um, the coach I think who has the most to gain or lose from his performance this week is Justin Fuente. I think that a loss or a close call even against Duke at home um, would be all the evidence Virginia tech needs to know that it's time to move on. Um, I don't think they'll lose this game, but I think that from a catastrophic result within the realm of possibility, of course, it's probably not really going to happen. because Duke is horrible, but Duke is awful. I mean, I, I would say, for the record I, I would probably have said dan mullen but I, I don't think florida's going to lose to samford now that being said i hope they win like 20 to 6 or something really really embarrassing so we just get a little more more momentum heading into the road trip in columbia and then eventually get to columbia alaya drinkwitz and connor basil connor basilak just rip apart florida's defense again and then capping it all off with a home loss to florida state to end the season nice little bow on top and the start of the I don't know how much the buyout is probably i'm assuming the start of the installments making up 25 million oh, dollars no, 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 let's,
0: let's look at dan mullen buyout here
1: i think that was trending on twitter a couple weeks ago which I'm is not never- i
0: guarantee twitter you he's got his buyout is 12 million dollars this year which ranks number eight in the sec
1: that's it wait, wait, wait that's it yeah i'd give like 50 bucks to that cause right now <laughs> Seriously, if they were like, you know, we need X amount of people to give $50 to buy out Dan Mullen, I'd do it. Done, in a heartbeat. Um, He's
0: got the sixth highest contract in the SEC.
1: That's really kind of weird because, like, who who makes more than him? Kirby, Jimbo, Nick. Coach O probably got to restructure after the national championship, right? I would assume that's got to be part of it. Yeah. Um, who makes more awesome. than him? There's
0: no way that – Saban, Orgeron – wait a minute.
1: Saban, Orgeron.
0: Okay, Mullen makes third most – oh, sixth most nationally.
1: Oh. Uh, Wait, he makes third most in the SEC?
0: Yes, behind Saban and Orgeron.
1: He makes more than Jimbo?
0: He does make more than Jimbo.
1: He makes more than Jimbo.
0: He makes $70,000 a year more than Jimbo Fisher. Oh, Lord. Who do you think – who do you think is the
1: least paid? Clark Lee. Yeah. And then second least is probably Drinkwitz or Beamer. Oh, Beamer. Then third least is it? Is it Drinkwitz after? No. Is it Leach? Nope. It's not Stoops, is it?
0: Nope. Stoops is right behind Kirby. Really? Ahead of Brian Harson.
1: Who? Wait. So who's who's third least? Pittman. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. Huh. Drinkwitz, Heupel, Kiffin. Leach makes more than Kiffin.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, Lord. The more you know. Anyway. Moving on. Who do you think has the most to gain from a, a solid performance this week?
0: I think most to lose is Mullen. Most to gain is Dave Aranda because if he – his team's at seven and two, they are currently – They've been flopping all up and down the rankings there. Number 13 this week, they get number eight OU in their house this weekend. I think if, if Baylor beats OU, Aranda should have a phone call from LSU within the next couple of days. Um, I don't know what sort of interest he has in going back to the place he just left a year and a half ago. But if he beats OU, uh, Dave Aranda is – I think even more than Mel Tucker on the top of coaching hires that you'd want to have for your program.
1: I think the, the case for Aranda is, let's see, is this his second year? Yeah, this yeah. is his second year at Baylor, and he's turned him around from two and seven to seven and two and counting. Um, kind of the same thing Rule did basically after Bryles, uh, and obviously we saw that that really worked out nicely for um, for Matt Rule even if it's not working out so nicely in the NFL now. All right, Soapbox, one minute. Here we go. UVA basketball will be between a six and a nine seed in the NCAA tournament this year and losing the first round. Um, the 14-point favorite Virginia Cavaliers last night, who I, I don't think Vegas... Vegas forgets that Virginia can't outscore anybody by 14 points, especially early in the season. Um, the Hoos lost 66-58 to 58 yeah. at home last night against the Navy Midshipmen. Uh, They only had two players in double figures, had seven players who played more than two minutes, so barely a seven-man rotation, Um, no shot making, horrible three-point shooting last night, shot 25% from beyond the arc. Um, And yeah, it just seems that these guys are going to need a lot of time to learn how to run Tony Bennett's defense correctly. Um, There's no one who's even close to being like DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy, um, or Ty Jerome in their ability to create and make a shot for themselves. And nothing explains the regression of the program the last two seasons. And, again, it's a regression from national championship to still an ACC contender. But nothing explains the regression quite like the fact that had we lost to Navy before the national championship season, I would have been stunned. And last night, I almost went in expecting it. So, bucked over. Jay?
0: I don't think I I expected them to lose. I was very shocked, but very happy at the same time. Uh, I'll change sports. Stone, it is November 10th, November 10th. And can we name a Heisman front runner? No. No. No, the the answer is no. You're out of your mind if you think that somebody has separated himself from the pack. Because right now, Vegas odds as of – this was two days ago, so right after Saturday. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. Who do you think has the best odds right now? Probably Bryce Young. Bryce Young is at plus 185. Kenneth Walker, plus 300. Matt Corral and C.J. Stroud at plus 450. And then Caleb Williams is the Dark Horse at plus 850. So there's kind of a group of five people who, at least in Vegas' eyes, have separated themselves from the rest of the field. Notably missing is Jordan Davis. He's at plus 8,000. Notably missing, Kenny Pickett, plus 2,000. Brendan Armstrong also missing as Luke Stone is trying to God, I, see. I, I went and looked yesterday because I had to make a, a video for our sports class at Carolina about the preview, uh, previewing our matchup against Pitt tomorrow night. And I was like, Kenny Pickett leads the ACC and XYZ. And like every stat that I looked at, either Pickett or Armstrong was first or second, and pretty much except for completion percentage. And I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. He's out of the case though. So we got Bryce Young, Kenneth Walker, Matt Corral, CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams are the only ones with odds better than plus eight or plus 900. So somebody just needs to step up and take this thing because like usually last year people doubted it because he was a wide receiver, but Devontae Smith was pretty clear, like the best player. Two years ago, Joe Burrow immediately. Oh my God. Uh, The year before that, Kyler Murray, it was kind of in it with Tua until Tua got hurt, but then he kind of – he separated himself, but we had a two-horse race. Now we've got a five-horse race, and nobody cares. They're not, not nobody cares. Nobody just knows who to pick. Um, I hope Kenneth Walker ends up winning it, especially if he has a big day against Ohio State, but we just don't know. Somebody please step up and take this. Just show a little effort to try and win the Heisman Trophy, please.
1: Yeah, good soapbox. All right, time for facts or fake news. Number one, the Patriots will win the AFC East.
0: Fake news, I think Buffalo still gets it, but what, do they play each other in the end of the season? Do we see? Uh,
1: Have what they played they? each other yet? No. I think they. this is going to be a loaded end of the season for the Bills. I mean, they've already gotten their two Dolphins buys out of the way, so.
0: Are the yeah. Dolphins the worst team in the AFC East?
1: Mm, no, no.
0: They're not worse than Jets.
1: No way. No they way.
0: play New England in weeks 13 and 16.
1: That's fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. If there's snow one of those games, oh, it's going to be terrific. Yeah. Um, I'll say facts. I mean, from from what I've seen from the Patriots, I, I don't want to say I'm concerned about Buffalo's offense because I'm sure at some point in the next couple of weeks, they'll put up 35 again and we'll be forgetting about this. But six against the jacksonville jaguars it's bad I and mean, that's that's pretty pretty bad um i mean speaking of a guy who has a lot to lose as a coach i mean dable one, I mean, but that's for that performance it's kind of raising some red flags and maybe making you wonder or making you realize what some gms might have seen with him last year yeah um i mean yeah especially if you know it's an 18 game season now if there are injury problems for buffalo then i think i think the patriots win it i love the way mac is looking mcdaniel seems to have figured out this play calling and i mean Matt Judon and J.C. Jackson on defense. like Those are some studs. Those are some I, saw
0: studs. It, I saw it firsthand on Sunday. The Patriots, they don't do a lot of stuff to wow you, but they do enough to win games, and that's all you need. They don't have a superstar playmaker, but they got a bunch of dudes who know their role. This is just exactly what Bill Belichick wants. They don't have a big-name dude, but they have a bunch of dudes who know exactly what their role is, and they're really good at
1: it. I mean, it's looking reminiscent – of some of the kind of latter 2010s Patriots teams that would go, you know, 11 and five or 12 and four. And I don't think their win percentage will be that good. But one of those teams where you're like, I mean, yeah, I guess they have Tom Brady, which huge asset. They don't have that anymore. But there were just enough guys who were around where you're like, you know, this team isn't the sexiest in the AFC, but I just look at them and I feel like if I need them to win a playoff game in January, they're the kind of team that does it. Um, yeah. Moving over to basketball, the Warriors will win the Western Conference. God. I know it's early for NBA. Ooh. However, I, I think
0: that's fake news because I got the Nuggets. That's bold. I like when they get Jamal Murray back, I think they'll win because the, 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 my reasoning is Steph can't do this for an entire year. He will get Clay Thompson back, but we don't know what Clay's going to be like. The the Lakers are just so old, and health is always an issue with them. It's almost like the
1: being old thing and the health things being are somehow linked.
0: Yeah, it, it's almost like if you put this Lakers team in 2015, like this team's going 82 and 0. Period. This team's filthy seven years ago, but not anymore. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of names you could throw out there. But, I mean, Phoenix, I think it was kind of a one-year thing, which sucks. I agree. um, But a one-year Magic. They they just lucked out playing a bunch of unhealthy teams last year. Kawhi Leonard's out for the Clippers this year. I think they're out of it. So, I got the nuggets, but it's pretty much – if the Lakers stay healthy, they'll win – I don't think they will stay healthy, that's the thing. Um, Steph can't do it for an entire year, but if they get Clay Thompson back to the Clay Thompson that we remember, I think they'll win. Um, but I just don't think he'll be back to what he was, and I don't think Steph can do this for an entire year. So I got the Nuggets.
1: I don't know if I necessarily like the Nuggets um, to take it over him. I say or, –
0: Or the Jazz. I might change
1: the Jazz. I'm going to say fake news because I think this might actually be – I think Luca this year could do what Giannis did last year and really come into his own and kind of, I know, I hate the phrase silence, the haters, but silence the haters and win a conference championship. Um, Dallas is the third best has the third best record in the West right now. Um, been really good at home so far. And I don't know. I just, I I think they're a team that, that brings a lot to the table. Um, and can can really kind of hurt you a lot of different ways. Porzing- having the versatility of Porzingis is big, um, and then yeah, they got some pretty good depth too with uh, Reggie Bullock and Jalen Brunson coming off the bench, who are not slouches of of uh, backup guards to have. And um, I think if Hardaway if Hardaway can be the third guy for them, then I think they'll I think they'll have a chance to win the West. Um, staying out West, the Chargers will win the AFC West. It is quite possibly. The most confusing division in football right now where if you had to place money on it, you'd be most hesitant about placing a wager in the, in the West fair, either yes. that or mm, no, I'd say AFC North is probably a bit, I mean, the Ravens are going to win the North. I don't think they're only a game ahead, but I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion. The,
0: the, bang, the Bengals, they, they had everybody believe in for two weeks and in typical Bengal fashion, they have just fallen off big time. Yeah. It's just typical. Pretty bad. I think the Chargers won the West. AFC West. Uh, I personally don't think the Chiefs make the playoffs, which puts a big dent in Patrick Mahomes' legacy. Um, the Broncos, if they play as well as they did against my Cowboys last weekend, they should be the Super Bowl favorite. I don't think they're going to last. They're, they're not going to be able to sustain that level of play. Um, so, yeah, give
1: me the Chargers. Um, I'll say fake news, and I, I don't want to – I don't want to make it seem like because the Chiefs have won two games, they solved their problems. They certainly, certainly have not. However, I think when it's this close, I'm inclined to go with Andy Reid and the proven thing over anything else. They'll figure it out. I don't think the Chargers are as complete as I thought they were a couple of weeks ago. I think Kansas City wins that division, and it's probably not a good record. It's probably about a ten and seven, nine and eight that wins it. But I, I think, I think they'll do it.
0: All right. I, I just see him beat Jordan loves Packers 13 to seven and I, in Kansas city. And I, I have
1: lost all hope. Personally, certainly fair. Um, all right. Final facts or fake news. The Tennessee Titans are the best team in the AFC I don't
0: know how, but this is facts. Uh, even without Derrick Henry, they went in and pretty much abused the LA Rams. Like if you, if you watch that game, that the score was much closer because the Rams scored with 24 seconds left. And I lost in our Woodbury fantasy league as a result. Um, the Titans just blew that game open and it, it wasn't really close. So I think the Titans are the best team somehow. I don't, I'm not sure it'll last somebody, can you imagine if we said during the preseason that the Titans would be the best team in the AFC without
1: Derrick Henry? Well, It'd be kind of crazy, yeah, although I disagree with that. We would have gotten fired. You think – okay, go ahead. Who do you think is better than the Titans? Fake news, I think the Baltimore Ravens are better than the Titans right now. Um, not- and, sorry, not right now. I think long-term they will by the okay, end. Yeah,
0: long-term, long-term the Titans are not the best team. I'm saying right now.
1: Even so, I don't know. I I like, okay, Baltimore did get the doors blown off of them by Cincinnati. That was bad. I'm not going to dispute that was bad. Yes. But this team is kind of doing it in a different way than they have the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson is now one, two, three, four, five. He's ninth in passing yards right now, has 8.3 yards per attempt, and this narrative that, one, he can't play from behind is – so clearly BS, and two, that he can't throw the football is also so clearly BS. Um, they've been remarkably efficient throwing the football this season. Um, I'm gonna look up their rushing stats too. Um, noticed a really balanced team. Okay, they still do, they also lead the league in um rushing yards per game as well. And they are, let's see, where are they?
0: So I got a stat
1: for you and your oh, they're second, they're second in total offense, just behind Dallas. Um, I don't know. I think that if you put Baltimore and Tennessee on the field today, I think the Titans are probably a favorite by two and a half points, but I like I like the Ravens more.
0: Let me let me read you this stat. Okay. In the AFC West, there is one team with a plus minus point differential this season of more than seven points plus seven who do you think that team is
1: wait, wait there's one team with what
0: so there's four teams the amc west yeah only one of them has a plus point differential of more than seven points this season which team is it? denver yes the raiders are at plus seven the chiefs are at minus six the chargers are at negative two or at minus two So each of these teams has a winning record, and only one has more than a touchdowns difference on its opponents this season.
1: Hang on, I'll look at Denver's schedule now.
0: It's because they opened up with the JV
1: teams in the first three weeks of the season. That is true. But they also did beat the Cowboys by 14. Um, Um, I know. You know, this is actually kind of getting me buying into the Broncos a little bit. That's that. They beat the Giants, they should have. They beat the Jags, they should have. They beat the Jets, they should have. They lost to the Ravens, makes sense. They lost to the Steelers. At the time, really bad loss. Now, not so terrible.
0: They got five division games left. And so they've got, hold on, they've got the Eagles out of the division. Win. Lions. Win. Bengals in Denver. Probable win. And division
1: games. Hmm. All right. Scratch that. I, 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 I retract what I said about the Kansas city chiefs winning the West. I think the Broncos have won it. There you go. And who would have thought Teddy there two plus. Jay, anything else to add for the good of the group?
0: Dr. phones.
1: <laughs>
0: BDHS. Uh, I can't imagine we get many viewers that aren't Woodbury people or somebody directly related to us so uh let's go woodbury bdhs as usual it's hate week uh hopefully what do you th- what are your thoughts on uva notre dame because i have a feeling a lot of our listeners are going to be at that game i knew we'd get into this
1: um there's some games that are really simple to analyze and i think this is one of them if Brendan armstrong plays i think uva will win I think it's it's that easy. If he doesn't play, I think UVA will lose. Um, I mean, you said it. He and Kenny Pickett are two of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Let's see who Notre Dame's played. Mm -hmm. They played us. They played Cincinnati. They played
0: State. They've beaten SC. I
1: I don't want to say this because I don't want to blaspheme here. I don't think Notre Dame's played an offense as stacked as UVAs this entire season.
0: We're the closest.
1: Yeah, because like, since it, Ritter's certainly not close to Brennan Armstrong, Howell's the closest thing they've played to him. Um, yeah, now again, there's like a 30% chance Brennan doesn't play and we lose. It'll probably happen. Um, or not probably. I think there's, it's within the realm of possibility. But yeah. Armstrong's out there. UVA wins. Armstrong's not out there. UVA loses. We're fine. Easy. There you go. That's all I have to say. Thank you all for tuning in to the Tom Brady special of the Stone Cold Sports Talk Podcast. We will see you next week.